I'm Commander Shepard, and the Unnamed Games Podcast is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Shepard out. Hello, people of the internet, and welcome to episode 25 of the Unnamed Games Podcast. I'm Craig, your host again for this week, and uh, first off, I just want to say a thanks to Mark Meir for that fantastic little intro. We are well chuffed with that. Um, I hope you enjoyed it too. So, this week, we've got a few things to go through, so we're going to have a bit of a usual chat as we normally do. Uh, We've got some bits to talk about Mass Effect. We've also got some stuff around Dying Light 2 and uh, some news come out from Anthem. But as per usual, I am not on my own. I have other people with me and you will notice that I have four boxes again. There's not three this week. We have the man himself back, Mr. Alan Longfangs Howler. Welcome back, Mr. Alan. Lovely to be here, my friend. Reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. (laughs) As of last week, my status was updated to alive. Awesome. So I'm, 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 I'm grateful to be here and back here with you boys. Oh, mate, we are honestly really chuffed to have you back. Um, you know, it's just, Welcome uh, back, man. yeah, a hundred percent, man. We, you know, obviously Thank worried you, when it first kicked yeah. off and everything, but we're glad you've just been chilling and relaxing and, you know, you can just tell in yourself, you just look, you look like, yeah, I'm chill, man. You look like the then, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's just a heart attack. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Alan, walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to watch Coronation Street, Big Brother. Those things are tough. Heart Mate. attack was nothing. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> cool stuff. Right. And the other people you can hear is Mr. Ratley Ratster. How are you, my friend? Well, I'd like to say that I'm not Commander Shepard, but this is, in fact, still my favourite podcast on the Citadel. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really chuffed. As we're, we're, we're back for four up. So, yeah, uh, to quote the, the article that's coming later, we are, we are strong alone, but stronger together. So it's good to have Alan back. <laughs> um, happy to, you know, happy to be back as a full, full strength unit. So yes. happy days. So long may this continue. Awesome. Onwards and upwards. Yes, Quarter mate. century. Quarter century, this one. I know, man. Yeah. 20 yeah. Yeah. Madness. Madness. Cool. And uh, last but certainly not least, Mr. Phil, Mr. Speed Freak Phil. How are you, sir? I am delightful. And I'm very excited that Alan's back. As for those of you who've been watching the podcast for the last few weeks, excluding our blooper episode that disappeared, <laughs> I have lost every week on the uh, quiz, and it has been horrendous. Sorry, man. And it's been one-on-one every time. So you know what? It's nice that I can slide into the mediocrity of the pack, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, the chances but... of me winning are getting thinner and thinner. So, <laughs> Phil, you, you say know. you're going to slide into the mediocrity of the pack. Have you, you know, when did you last come above, la- oh, sorry, man, I'm just messing, I'm just yeah. messing, like. <laughs> the mediocrity of the pack is, I haven't won, therefore everybody else technically Oh, lost. no, technically, no, we are currently on the leaderboard, I'll let everybody know from the off, we yeah. are Ratley on three points, Alan on two points, and Phil, you're on one point, so you have yeah, got you a win. Yeah, you did win one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's I want to say I'm feeling confident it about was, this fact, week. In fact, it, yeah, it was a well-deserved one, it was that one where you named all of the, oh, what was it, uh, Mass Effect you missed, but... What was the last Marvel, one? It was the thing. Marvel. Oh, the Marvel. Uh, Avengers uh, characters. It was well it earned. Was impressive. It you know what? There's another one of those coming up. I'm feeling confident. Mm. If you're okay, going to ask well, me questions see. about sci-fi movies from the 80s that involve what was the cat called in Aliens, <laughs> I'm out of luck. An- 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 anime out movies with tentacles with you. in. That's it. <laughs> Phil's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, this week, this week, boys, we are back with the quiz. I'm going to give you a little spoiler ahead of the ahead of the gate. We are back with, by popular demand, with another list quiz. So it's another raise or raise or bust. Um, and this so week, Phil's in a chance here. And this week, and it, I don't have to think of a buzzer that I'll panic and forget when someone asks a question. Yeah, 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 that's it. Uh, this week, um, there's a couple of curveballs in there. I made it a little different, and I think everybody's got a really good chance this week. And actually, one of them, I think, Phil, you might have the edge as well. So. It could be your week. Anyway. Careful. What so. J-Lo films pre-2000 can you name? It'll be like stuff like this. <laughs> Am I sharing my Alan. screen? Alan, name the full <laughs> list of the high school musical cast. Oh, I'm there. As I said, Phil, he's got the, he's got the winning one this time. <laughs> One of his favourite films. Anyway, moving on, moving on. So, as we like to start every week on this, uh, I like to find out what people have been up to. And I think it would be wrong not to go to the man himself, Mr. Allen, first. Obviously, you've had a couple of weeks, so a bit more to catch up on. So, what's been the crack? What have you been up to, mate? I've been in hospital. Other than that. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I have to say, one of the things that, that kept me going, I wasn't in hospital that long, to be honest. Obviously, COVID, they want to get people out of their wards as quickly as possible. Um, um, and uh, But my uh, my switch um, was a godsend. Um, mm. I didn't always feel like playing it, but when I was bored and I didn't want something to do, um, I actually ended up playing quite a bit of Terraria, um, which is a game I put quite a few hundred hours into. Absolutely uh, love that. It's kind of a, a sideways mashup between Minecraft and... Oh, uh, Diablo a little bit. I mean, it's a bit fantasy. You fight monsters. It's all like, you know, I, I sort of sideways on. But it's there's so much content and so much to it. It's an absolutely fantastic game. Um, but yeah, I've had a bit more extra time off. It's been a bit weird because obviously something like this that happens to you, it does affect you uh, mentally as well. Mm. Um, so I have to say, oddly enough, at first I thought Ark was my my respite from that. But I actually couldn't, I couldn't play Ark. I got a bit... Uh, a bit down about the whole situation and didn't want to play it so i've been looking for other games to to fill that void um and, and one of them is uh, actually came out last week and i just saw a trailer and i thought oh i like the look of that um and i picked it up and it came out i think it was wednesday or thursday last week and that is a uh, curse of the dead gods i don't know whether you've heard of this one haven't heard um of it. it's actually nah. yeah it's it, it's made by a small indie uh, um developer called pastex um games um, they're based in Lyon, France, and there's only about 12 guys on the team, and it's basically an action roguelike game, um, and it's a dungeon dungeon quester, and if there's a game that it would probably be compared to, it may be Hades. I haven't actually played Hades myself, but a lot of the reviewers that I've sort of watched, um, they can make that comparison, um, but one of the big differences that they say, the difference between the two games, is that Hades has got a lot of story content, whereas Curse of the Dead Gods does not. It is a simple mm. roguelite. One of the things that really makes it fun, and it does so extremely well, is this combination of the the um, the fighting system. Uh, there's a lighting mechanic, a curses mechanic, a stamina mechanic, and all of this ties in to making it not just simple and boring but it makes the combat really complex and fun and you go through the dungeon you pick up you level up some attributes and things and then you do it again and you do it again and there's about three different dungeons um and i've really loved it it's only 15 pounds in the store Hmm. um and i've been i've been playing it um since since it came out last week a few runs every single day what platform was that on was that on xbox or switch it's on the xbox it's on the xbox Hmm. yeah cool yeah yeah so um, and the other thing I've been doing is uh, jumping back into a game that um, I've had uh, uh, for quite a few years now, Stellaris. 
Mm. Um, and uh, that is that's a meaty game. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you haven't heard of it, it's it's a 4X game. I'm trying to remember what the 4X stands for. I've got them written down here just in case I forgot. Is it Explore, Expand, Exploit, Exterminate? Okay. You basically start off in one system uh, uh, in, a, in a galaxy of maybe six to 800 planets. And you just have to develop your species, explore the galaxy, research things. There is so much depth to this game, but it is also very accessible. It seems like when you see it, you've got this screen with all these buttons. And it's like, oh, my God, how am I going to ever going to learn this? But it's actually really, really simple once you start to learn the mechanics. It's one of those things where it's easy to learn, very hard to master, I think, is perhaps the best way to put it. Mm. Um, and I, I'm playing through as, as the Ogu. I don't know. I was interested. Question I was going to ask everybody because I don't know, when you have to play a game and you have to come up with a name for like a character or in this instance a race, how do you do it? Personally, myself, I'm going to let off a little secret here. I have like all my DVDs and movies and games in a bookshelf which are sat right next to me. So Ogu actually comes from Rogue Squadron, O G U. You see, so I just look ah. over and I, I, I look for like bits of words or words that can go together and try and think of a word or a name or something to come. I don't know what other people do, but that really mm, works yeah. for me. I, so I, I'm, yeah, yeah, I quite often do. So what I, I tried out, um, uh, well, so I'll either do something really random. So I was playing a bit of Final Fantasy fourteen, which we'll talk about in a little while. Um, and my name in that is Zippy Bungle, just because it was nice. pretty <laughs> random, yeah. random words. But actually, I tr I'm trying out World of Warcraft as well. And, and actually, in that, I, I named my character after someone from Destiny, Valus to Ark. Um, who's a cabal I think he's a general or something like that but generally oh. it's what I'm into at that point there'll be some kind of name and I'll get inspiration for that I remember doing a game and it was inspiration from Sons of Anarchy and stuff like that I mean it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with stealing a good name from another yeah. IP or yeah, another it's weird it's one of these things that it's weird you should bring up names because i always struggle with naming a character or like anything so like um if you play like uh like warhammer there's um the kill team which is the you know the, the sort of cut down version of 40k it's like designed for squad skirmish and you're supposed mm -hmm. to name your kill team you know give them all names so you know who's what and you can track them through their progression as the campaigns and i always kind of end up going i don't know and my current kill team is just named after the marines and aliens uh, you know and, and it's just that simple i was like i'm just gonna lift it because I, I i just like how do you come up with a good original name that yeah. just doesn't sound like you know something so i like, your, 40K, like your strategy 40k space marines I'd, I'd look in a medical manual and try and yeah. try and get there that'd work for space marine names yeah. i reckon like well, ventrist ventricle the third yeah, you, you get a name and add some yeah. latin sounding crap on the end of it right yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just have like um i have like a default list of names that i tend to pick from when i'm creating a character in mmos so like the surname will always be star s-t-a-r-r -R, and then i'll just change the name at the start until i find one that fits and it'll yeah, be like Dave or Bob or Josh or like <laughs> Linda or like Hannah. And it'll just be like really bland names like that. This is Leo, like, isn't it? Your I am, I'm Joestar <laughs> and I'm here to save the universe. It's just... So yeah, so that was, that was a nice, 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 nice sideways question there. And perhaps yeah. some of the, our listeners will, put, will give, give us their thoughts and ideas mm. on Twitter. Mm. Um, yeah. Just to round off on what I've been on to, because I don't want to steal the show for everybody, but also I finally finished Enterprise. I think I brought this up a few weeks ago. Yes. Um, so I finished it. And uh, in contrary to what a lot of Trekkies out there, I actually really enjoyed the last episode of the last series. 
Um, maybe it's because I'm a TNG boy myself, and it had uh, Mr. Will Riker and. Uh, oh, 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 I've seen Android. it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not it's giving not any other spoilers than that. Like, okay. But, but yeah. at the end of the day, you'll either hate it, or you love it. A lot of Trekkies hate it, but I, I, I do get a bit tired sometimes of trekkies trying to tell other trekkers what's good and what isn't and what should yeah. be called star trek and what shouldn't i'm a, i'm a universal trekkie i love all strip trek mm -hmm. some episodes are better than others of course some are well better written than others but i really enjoyed that final episode despite what other people said so yeah i, I finished yeah. watching enterprise and i really enjoyed the experience and i think i'm going to start on tng again Nice. nice. I always found with the last last episode of Enterprise is what frustrates me more is that last couple of episodes before the finale, it really finds its feet and it's getting getting a really good head of steam about it, and then it just kind of takes this massive curve in that last episode and just steamrolls mm. into this other direction. Just like what happened here, you know, we we missed like it just they, they got cancelled. Is what yeah, happened. Yeah. Cancelled, yeah. and that's why yeah, it happened. Yeah. And they were trying to save yeah. the show, but it was just such a shame that. That, that they did and it when when the show was really finding its feet and it's mm. like because that always yeah. happens in star trek we've discussed this before first two seasons are usually really wobbly and then the third season is where it gets you know gets going mm. Mm. and then you get four you know, three, three or four more seasons generally of really good tv and enterprise was, was right on track to do exactly that and then they went nah business execs what yeah. a shock. Yeah. they never do that firefly yeah firefly. i've just twigged that you were talking about enterprise and not discovery yeah no, discovery I, I had in my head like you'll so, never yeah. what you'll never watch enterprise no. i was gonna say you i didn't think will. you'd watch enterprise either no, no. enterprise I, is I a really good show i think yeah i enjoyed it i yeah. did enjoy that um was it they did the five episodes of the grand terran empire wasn't it Yes, they did two. They did two, two, two episodes. But it was, oh, was it yeah, two? It was, okay. it, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was called Mirror Darkly, one and two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that and the uh, little guest appearance of the original Enterprise at the end there as well. I thought it was very. Oh it, well, well, actually, one. yes, it was. It was called the def it was the Defiant version. Yes, and it was yes. it was the same design. It was the Constellation class design from. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, uh, is there a section on the, the quiz for different it. designs of Star Star Trek vessels? By the way, Craig. No. <laughs> oh, darn it anyway anyway yeah so that that's that's some of the stuff i've been up to anyway so good stuff mate good stuff awesome um mr phil let's move to you next mate what have you been up to mate anything anything different from last week or are you still powering through, powering through the same stuff kind of similar stuff yeah so i'm still watching power i'm now episode six of season four i am in deep with that like i'm going to the end now did you Nothing want to tell alan what's in that do you want to tell alan what, what's in it your little <laughs> elevator pitch oh god so alan there has been a description of this show that i've used for multiple weeks and you missed out on both of them so just to let you know there's basically there's a lot of death in there there's a lot of drugs there's people getting cut up and there is a significant amount of boobies <laughs> Well, I'm sold. I'm sold. I was actually saying to Ellie last night because I've started to rewatch The Witcher, which we had a discussion on, didn't we? And it comes up on Netflix. It basically says violence, um, foul language, nudity, and I'm like, well, that's it. I'm sold. Yeah, that's a TV series I can buy into. Let's get, let's get like this Spartacus. on. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, basically. What's the plot? Who cares? Yeah. You know, it's in the description. Yeah. <laughs> Violence, swearing, and nudity—that's what I signed up for. Well done, kid. Let's just get it. Let's watch Absolutely, it. yeah. But I'm I'm completely hooked on that, so I thoroughly recommend that. You know, there's lots of uh, curveballs. Everything keeps going wrong all the time. There's lots of boobies in there. To be honest, though, you almost like there's so much of it in like the first five or six episodes. By the time you get to episode eight, you're completely anaesthetized to it. You don't even notice. Really? It no. 
Oh, it's another no, sex no, no. scene. It's another hot girl with her boobs out. What's actually happening? And yeah, <laughs> then you actually concentrate on the story at that point, and it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it anyway. Uh, other than that, I have played some more Destiny, just powering through the weekly challenges on that. And then I have dipped back into Final Fantasy XIV. It's all Craig's fault because he wanted to try it, and I had to sub up so I could play it with him. Had and to sub now up. I'm, I'm hooked again. I'm back in. I'm, I'm doing all the uh, all the end game, like all the extreme raids on there. So I've got through um, four of the eight remaining ones because I need to do a bit more story stuff that I'm locked behind to get to the the final four. But that was quite enjoyable. I mean, I went in there very much like my character from like 18 months ago. I was like, this will be fine. And I got my ass absolutely handed to me because <laughs> I was completely underleveled and undergeared for it. But yeah, it's fine. I made it through. Bought myself some money, spent a significant amount of gill getting some new swords and stuff. And now I'm all good. I can power through the content. So I've uh, got about 14 days left on my subscription of that. So I think that'll be the next two weeks of uh, gameplay for mm. me. Well, I've, uh, yeah, so I mean, you, you, I don't know if you've caught up on that or not, Alan, but um, yeah, so I basically, I've been trying this year to very much sort of try out games that I wouldn't normally try and try and find out what's so great about these things uh, that I wouldn't normally go into. So Final Fantasy is one of those ones I've been trying to, been trying to try. So, um, and uh, I don't know, I've, a couple of weeks i played it and I, I don't know how many a good number of hours into it to maybe level 30 and i put it on two nights ago i think and i just i started running around and i thought i can't i can't i can't do it anymore i just can't do it anymore it's it and i know you love the game feel and i apologize but it is awful like it is so boring <laughs> it's the most boring game i've ever played in my life it's just not um, your game it's not it, your cup of tea no, i get that I, I, and I, I told you this as i said, I said you won't like it yeah. but it's not <laughs> but the thing is that i don't like about final fantasy games as i said last week is very much the aesthetic and stuff because they're they're very cutesy and like you know little teddy bears flying around and stuff like that and it's it doesn't it just doesn't fit with the kind of thing that i like um but it the the, the core gameplay of it was just quite slow and boring for me that's just the way i found it but you know as we said before there's a good number of people who do like it but mm, uh yeah so i've give or take yeah i've given up i've given up. actually on that point we had a bit of discussion there was one of our listeners lee um actually text me <laughs> or <laughs> us um and he was like surely not there's no way that it's big and he did a bit of research and actually it's because it's quite hard with MMOs to figure out what the numbers of players are. Yeah, we did. So twenty million players. It's tw it's got twenty million registered users in Final Fantasy, and I think it was about three and a half million active subscribers. And World of Warcraft was a hundred and thirteen million registered users. <laughs> so it was actually <laughs> vastly bigger, vastly bigger. Yeah, um, that's a big. Yeah, weird. yeah. It doesn't show it on Google when you just search it. I yeah, don't, well, it didn't, I don't even remember where he managed to get the. Stats I'm, I'm going to put it out there, but how many dinosaurs in 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 art? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred and seventy yeah. on the internet, Phil. Yeah, there's proof of yeah. that. But um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it did. It, 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 thinking back on it, it's like even my wife knows what World of Warcraft is. She doesn't play it, but she's yeah. heard of it. It is like a household name. That game, Final Fantasy fourteen. Most people wouldn't know what that is. Do you know what I mean? And actually, when you think about it that yeah. way, it kind of registers and makes sense that way. That's why I was right. really shocked when it was like saying that Final Fantasy is now yeah. the biggest. Oh, I was. It was blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell? You know, like fat, I could have sworn WoW was the biggest of the big of the big. You know, like yeah. it was the big dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I've actually. In that case, I shall apologise for my incorrect information. <laughs> I blame Google. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, uh, but I've actually uh, been, sorry, just to steer off there, just while I'm on the subject, like I said, I've been playing a little bit of World of Warcraft, so I've just, I've literally put about three hours into it, I think, at the start, and, and I'm I'm quite enjoying it so far. It's a little faster than Final Fantasy, um, and it hasn't got the, again, it's just my preference, the kind of, the style of the game, you know, the cutesy style, it hasn't got that, and that just sort of, it doesn't resonate with me, so I don't enjoy being in that world, whereas this is a bit more of your standard ghouls and goblins and werewolves and and i'm some where i'm a i'm a guy who turns into a werewolf when he attacks people which is quite fun um but um yeah i'm enjoying it more so far but you know again time will tell i don't think mmos are my thing but this is certainly in my opinion better than final fantasy 14 but but um yeah yeah, so uh yeah mr ratley off to you Mm. next mate what have you been up to well i know one thing you've been up to because i've been doing it with you yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's something we'll come on to in a bit. We've definitely been uh, playing a few things here and there. But uh, I've earlier this week tried to finish off Gears of War Ultimate Edition with my friend Kev. We're doing it on Insane. Um, uh, I've forgotten how, like, nails hard that game gets at certain points. Like, um, we were doing, there's a section in the emulsion facility uh, with the minecarts, and we were both dreading it because <laughs> back in the day on 360, me and him just spent... I don't know how long they're just getting murked by these lambent wretches that would just drop in on us. You'd, you'd kill them, but they'd fall in the Minecraft, blah, blah. It was like, oh, this is painful. Like, you know, and so we got to that point where we're just like, oh, no, here it comes. Torture, torture, torture. And we actually got through it pretty quickly. We were like, oh, okay, that was um, easy that I remember. But we came to a part in later on, which uh, wasn't in the original 360 release of Gears. It was in uh, the Ultimate and in the PC release, which was um, the Brumac section. I didn't realise there was an extra section in it. Yeah, there was a whole there was a whole section that was cut from the 360 release because of timing, and I was really always really disappointed they never got re-released as DLC. But it was reintroduced in the PC release, uh, which came out uh, about six months or a year later or something like that, I think. Uh, and then they reinstated it for the Ultimate Edition. So when you get to the end of Act Four in OG 360 version of Gears, you go straight from the emulsion facility. Uh, so you go straight to Marcus's house, sorry, and from Marcus's house you just literally end up at the train station to get on the train to face ram um whereas on the uh re-release on the pc after leaving marcus's house at the end of act four the whole of act five is um like a you, you have to take a, a, a turn off and finding a way to lower this bridge get thing and there's a broom act chasing you that's chasing you at the end of part four that you have to have a fight with and kill uh to proceed because obviously a lot of people complained when gears of war launched on the 360 that we kept seeing these magnificent broom acts and stuff and you never got to fight them and uh, it was always intended to. It just never got, got it got cut for bugs. And actually, we were saying, like, even now in its reinstated state, because all Gears Ultimate, as I said last week, is is a reskin and, a, and an upscale of graphics of Gears, mm-hmm. you know, from that day. They haven't changed any of the mechanics or the way things work. Um, there are quite a lot of obvious bugs in that section. Um, you know, it's not it's not unbreak, unplayable, but it's certainly, you can feel it's a bit more broken in that section. Um, but we got through it. We had fun. We killed the Brumac. We we just stopped at the beginning of, uh, oh, sorry, beginning of the train section. So yeah, if you ever play Gears on 360, you will notice that it, like Acts one to four have all got about five episodes in them or five sections to them. And when you get to Act five, it's just two. It's just like there's literally so the was train it, and was and it a run. capacity issue then? Like for the, the capacity? Uh, no, it wasn't finished. It was just wasn't finished. It was bugged. Ah. It was bugged out and wasn't finished. And right. uh, and they had to cut it because they couldn't get it finished in time. Um, uh, yeah, and like I say, you can tell it's not quite as polished as the rest of the game. I think it's one of those really tough decisions they make to, to cut content. They did it with Gears 2 as well, because Gears 2's got a section which was reinstated via DLC, which was the... Um, I forgot what they called it now. Uh, but it's where you sneak into Nexus after... 
Actually, I won't say because it's a huge spoiler associated with what happens. There's a very sad moment in Gears of War 2. And if you've played the game, it's a very sad moment. Very, very sad. And there's a point where that, that when that, that moment ends, that um, they cut a whole section out of Gears 2 because, it, again, wasn't finished. They had to cut it for timing reasons. Um, it's a good section, actually. It's really, really fun to play. Mm -hmm. But And then the only other thing I've done of note this week, geeky-wise, other than painting and my usual stuff, is I relived part of my childhood um, because I was, I was had Spotify on while I was doing some painting earlier in the week. And uh, it was on a soundtracks playlist and it went into random after playing my playlist and it pulled up out of nowhere, the score for Disney's The Black Hole. Now I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping Alan's in The Black Hole. Yeah, Alan's nodding. Alan's of course. In it. Uh, Maximilian. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Vincent, you know, Vincent was old Bob. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's a, an old, old Disney movie. Well, I old, old Disney movie, but it's a Disney movie from like the uh, early 80s, late 70s. And um, brilliant. Yeah, it was, uh, it was when Star Wars came along, everyone, everyone was like, we need a Star Wars. And so Disney tried to make a Star Wars. It's nothing like Star Wars. It's absolutely <laughs> nothing like Star Wars. But I absolutely loved the Black Hole as a kid. And when I heard the music, it just like instantly like this, just, it wasn't like a wave of nostalgia. It was a tsunami of nostalgia slapped me in the face. And I was like, I need to watch the Black Hole. And I found out it was on Disney Plus. So uh, up came the Disney Plus and watched the Black Hole. And Oh my god, that, that, I love that movie. That film is is great. Like the, the special effects were incredible for the time, um, as was Star Wars. They're not quite in Star Wars' league, I don't think, but there's some great things. The robots are full of character, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, it's a very adult story for Disney, I think, in a lot of ways. But yeah. I'll tell you what, Alan, if you haven't watched it recently, watch it not. and check out the ending. The ending just goes like, here's the end. Oh, purple! And it's just like it just goes to this mad trippy ending. I was like, the hell is going on i do not remember this being like how this ended and i'm like huh and like, as i was watching it, I could, I could, I could, it came back to me i'm just like oh yeah this does happen what's this all about uh, i actually got on google afterwards it's like what does the ending of the black hole mean because it is like proper out there um but i i genuinely like really enjoyed like reliving my childhood i thought i think that's a that's a film which doesn't get the it, it's certainly a very cult classic but yeah i think it's it's often talked down at a lot and i think i i can't understand yeah. why i love the black hole i think it's, yeah, a, it's a great it's a great movie i couldn't agree more i don't know why yeah. it isn't mentioned more often and yeah. the score the john barry score is absolutely stellar like john barry does great work music anyway he's obviously responsible for some of the cinematics great like the, he did the bond theme and all that you know so mm. um yeah but yeah i absolutely love the music to that film mm. Yeah, I think well, uh, it's it's not one that I've watched, but I think it's one that I think reckon the kids would probably enjoy as well. So I might have oh, to yeah. yeah sit yeah. down and, and get on that because I do love yeah. a, a good space epic. But uh, it's not the only space epic that we're going to talk about today. Um, I think Chris <laughs> has uh, got something to tell us about. That's uh, there's a little little tease that came out on the internet that well, certainly oh. had me white knuckling the desk. Oh my god! <laughs> tell us about it, Chris. <laughs> so. It, we're just we're just going to slap on the front of this like massive like like absolute like warning of this is completely unconfirmed yeah. and complete like hearsay and complete like oh we've extracted this from this and oh we use this pro it's it, to an extent it's internet nonsense but by the same token oh please don't let it be internet nonsense yeah. and by the same token please I just can't get excited about this in case it's not true mm. but Henry Cavill posted a photo to his Instagram. And his it had uh, him getting makeup, and it had uh, it said secret project, and he was holding up some pieces of paper with some typed writing on them, and everyone was like, "Oh, I wonder what this could mean." And everyone was like, "Oh, is it more picture? Is it more this? Is it this?" And then some bright sparks used a, a, a an app or a program called Unfocus or Refocus or Unfocus, which has unblurred the text on this paper, 
And the text on this paper is all Mass Effect 3 plot points and names. And everyone's just like, hold on, Henry Cavill, Mass Effect. <laughs> like, it's like everyone's going to, is, is Cavill playing Shepard in a Mass Effect live action movie or series or something? And like, and my nerd brain, as, as uh, like Craig's did at the time, just going, <laughs> and like, and then I was just like, right, chill. Chill, 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 chill. Because if this isn't true, it is a massive disappointment. He could just be voicing a character for Mass Effect 4. He could be doing mocap for a character in most Mass Effect 4. We don't know. Regardless, if Cavill is on board with Mass Effect, <laughs> you know, I'm so happy about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see a series. I'd love to see a film. He'd make a great Commander Shepard. Yeah. Like, whilst he doesn't look like the traditional Shepard necessarily, he's got that action movie chops. He could, he could really pull off that. That that you know that lone hero saving the galaxy, assembling a crew. Yeah. You know, I, we've I, seen him do similar things. I think he could he could pull Shepard off definitely. Of a, of a, oh, I could pull Shepard off well. Of a, of a, a uh, live. Do you action. want to rephrase that? Yeah, though? no, I don't. It's fine. It's done now. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I actually I wanted to I wanted to talk to Alan about this because Alan is out of the three of us. He's not the. It's not that you don't like Mass Effect. You're not a big Mass Effect fan. Oh, you didn't get through the didn't get through the games, did you? It's 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 just one of those things. And I'm hoping that when the Legendary Edition comes out, that you will get into it. But yeah. but I mean, hearing this, did it? What do you think? I mean, did it get quite excited? What you know? Any kind of any thoughts? Well, you know, you know. I mean, in all honesty, when when I first heard that Henry Cavill was going to be was really pushing and going towards uh, doing the Witcher series, my first reaction was kind of like, huh? Mm. Henry Cavill. What that Henry Cavill, that that stunningly handsome, good-looking guy that plays Superman, <laughs> is going to play rugged, kind of smelly, dirty Geralt of Rivia uh, in a TV series. How's how's that going to work? And then he did it, and I was like, oh, okay, that's the chops of Henry Cavill. Okay, yeah. that, mm. that that man can can really transform. He is Geralt of Rivia. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's just astonishing. So not knowing uh, Mass Effect as well as perhaps you guys do, but having our fantastic intro for from Commander <laughs> Shepard, um, I know the voice of Commander Shepard, and my first reaction is Henry Cavill playing Commander Shepard. Hmm, not sure that works. Hang on a minute, let's regress a bit. Henry Cavill playing Commander Shepard probably be brilliant, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah, probably be blooming yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, and then that, I said thing. to you the other day, didn't I? Sorry, Chris, before you take it. I said to you the other day, if they can, if if they can get that science fiction aspect, you know, the whole uh, the whole of Mass Effect science fiction down pat, and get that realism of something like they have in something like The Expanse, for yeah. example, yeah, that would be so awesome. Mm. That would be absolutely epic. Not me, but not being a massive fan, not knowing everything, would actually be an advantage. I would watch that because a lot of yeah. stuff I wouldn't know, and it would just be like, oh my god, yeah. this is going to be awesome. So very excited if it's true. And the quality of computer game TV series these days has definitely taken a couple of notches mm. up. 100%. Yeah, and, Which quite, is, yeah, and really this is the best time for it to happen. And if Cavill's yeah. behind it, that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you would think yeah. so. I mean, I think I... we we had yeah we were having a bit of a conversation on the side, weren't we, Phil? Actually, via via yeah, message I'm, and I'm, WhatsApp group, and and Phil's got a very differing opinion to some of us, and it's I'm, interesting to hear. I'm yeah. deeply terrified at the prospect of them doing this because they have not yet made a good Halo live action movie, and Halo is owned by Microsoft and has a lot of money at its disposal and they can't get it right. And I love Mass Effect. It's beloved in my heart, much as it is with Bradley and Craig. And if they make a TV series and it's bad, I will never forgive Bioware. 
And let's be honest, right, you know, their track record lately isn't great, you know, particularly with one of the subjects we'll be discussing a little bit later about. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if they if they make it to Mass Effect TV series and it's not good or it gets cut or they start cutting corners and shortening the time frame to get it out, I'm worried. And it, again, you know, you guys, we all love the Witcher TV series and I enjoyed watching the Witcher TV series, but the story in that was convoluted and it was not very concise and i worry that with henry yeah. cavill involved perhaps they'll start trying to do the same thing you know they're going to jump back and then it's going to be like I'd see you know, i've already said i don't agree with you on that that sentiment to be honest phil but let's please bear in mind the tv series the witcher is based on the witcher books not the witcher games yeah and the exactly. way that the witcher True. books are laid out is the way that the series is laid out it jumps between time frames mm -hmm. and yes it is confusing because Geralt of River age, Rivia ages a lot slower than everybody else. There's no context for you to know mm -hmm. what the time is. But they did the same thing in the first series of Westworld, where they completely, you know, lied to you through the whole thing until the last episode. With it, and I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. But that's exactly the same thing that they did in The Witcher. And yes, it is confusing. But I refuse to say that a series is written badly because it isn't written linear and that you have to yeah. use a few brain cells to understand what's ways going can, on. There's ways that you can steer the audience to clue them into this. And they just didn't bother. They do. No, they do. See, in yeah, the no, last two or three episodes, yeah. they start to give pointers and it moves towards showing you that actually, oh, hang on, that... Yeah. That was this time frame, and that's that time frame. Exactly. It's not that complicated. Well, I'm just they saying, it would have made better TV with a bit it, more clarity okay, so, around so the time gonna, frames. I, I, it could have had a little more clarity, maybe. Okay, I'll, I'll say this, but, but it uses very much the Pulp Fiction way of telling the story, right? Because mm. Pulp Fiction is this. And the first time I saw Pulp Fiction, I was like, I'm not sure I like that, because it was all just all over the shop, right? And then I watched it again, and like the genius of Pulp Fiction is the fact that it's not linear, and and these yeah. stories all interconnect at various points, and you get to see this, and like, and then when you watch it again, you see the interconnect, and you're like, oh yeah, this, oh, and like, so if you rewatch Pulp Fiction now, like one of the things that's apparently just become noticeable to people after all these years is in the first scene with Honey Bunny uh, and um, what's his name, uh, what's her name, sorry, um, they. You can see Jules and, uh, and, 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 and yeah, kind of walking Jules. past. Yeah, yeah. And they're all dressed in, the, obviously, the, the, yeah. the stuff after things. You can see them walk past while they're talking at the beginning. And I didn't like, even oh, know that. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's there's loads of that in there. There's loads yeah, of that. Loads of it, man. Loads of it. Just brilliant. It's brilliant. And it's genius. And, and The Witcher, I think, like, when it first, like, when you first, the first episode, I, I totally get you coming from, Phil, because the first episode, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, hold on. What's got my brain hurts? What? And then, like, oh, and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would bet you any money that this is not a linear story. And like, and then I watched it with like kind of that in the back of my mind, and it just made sense. So you watch it a second time, time which, yes, which I've like, done. Yeah. I'm on yeah. the third it's, it's, time now. It makes yeah. a lot more sense. I, I'm and not it just, saying it's genius. I will I, profess I, 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 I've only watched it through the once. And yep, I do get that there are movies where you know what you get more the second time you watch them. So uh Watchmen <laughs> off the top of my head is one that I had to watch twice. And the second time I watched it, admittedly about a month apart, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than the first yeah. time. Um, what's that other movie that came out quite recently Tenet. where they were Tenant? That was another I one. I watched it the first time, enjoyed it. And I was like, mm, I did watch it again, again, about oh, two weeks later with 
basically I was convinced my parents needed to watch it. So when I went over to drop off some bits, I sat and watched it with them. And I was like, you know what, actually, I'm seeing more things. So maybe, you know, maybe I should watch The Witcher again. And maybe that that, will... should. that's very Nolan, though, isn't it? That whole non-linear, like, you know, yeah, way you I was expecting that non-linear. because it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Well, going back to the topic, I don't think this is something that you need to worry yes. about with Mass Effect. I was going to say exactly that. This yeah, is I primarily really the storytelling so. aspect of The Witcher and has nothing to do with Henry Cavill's influence so, other than the fact that he perhaps wanted them to stick to the source material yeah, rather yeah. than the games. I mean, my concerns are far more rooted in getting a great shepherd is really important. But we talked about this in the last episode about how important the supporting cast are in Mass Effect. Because like the relationships you form with the supporting characters in Mass Effect are so key to Mass Effect, and I'd be, I'm, I'm, I'm far more concerned about the ensemble cast than just one cast member. Like having a great shepherd is a good starting point, and Cavill would be a great shepherd. So if this is true and we get Cavill a shepherd, I'm, I'm all on board. I love what Cavill does. He's, he's been brilliant as Superman. I think he's been brilliant in, he's brilliant in Mission Impossible. To be fair, um, I really, and again, love him as, as Geralt Rivia. He's, he's like, it's just. He's it's a, it's a great actor and he's quite versatile. He, he maybe didn't necessarily show those chops initially, but he's certainly a better actor than I think a lot of people thought. Um, you make an interesting my, point, But my actually. concern is definitely that supporting cast, because if we get weak supporting cast and just a great shepherd, what makes Mass Effect Mass Effect will essentially be lost. Like, can you imagine well, I'm, not I'm putting it out there. Seth Green. Seth Green for Joker. Has to play, has to play Joker. He has to play Joker. No, no question. No question. Yeah. Yeah. But if, for example, imagine a bad Garrus Vakarian in a Mass Effect live TV show, right? That would be unforgivable. That would be almost unforgivable as getting a poor shepherd. Like, for me, the casting of Liara would be so important. But this is the other problem you have is right with Mass Effect. Mass Effect is a game about choice. And they're going to tell a linear story and they're going to have choices made for you. And as a player, you get to choose the person you want to romance and that. What are we going to see from this series? Because it could just upset a lot of fans because they don't choose their relationship. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how do you, well, how that, do you tackle that that's element? That's really like that? one of the questions, isn't it, really? Because nothing has actually been uh, actually said or said. Yeah. Who even says they're going to follow the story of the Mass yeah. Effect games? They might have some or some of the characters that are involved in the game, but who's to say that they're actually, it might be a moment or a, a ca- capsule moment in time mm-hmm. within the time frame of those games where these adventures that you're going to see happen. So it might actually have no relevance to the actual story that we all know already. So, you know, it, it, we don't have enough information to make that assertion. Yeah, that's exactly that. and everyone's gone to TV series or movie, right? And I'm, I'm sort of, wondering if he's going to do a game because Cavill would probably be primed for getting involved in a game because Cavill loves gaming right he'd be like you want me to be in a Mass Effect game hell yeah <laughs> you know maybe or he might even be he might have been gone to his agent and gone see if you can get me a part in Mass Effect 4 because I really want <laughs> to be in Ma- we don't know this right all we know is Mass Effect writing and Henry Cavill so people have instantly jumped to as in being a leading man he's going to be you know I uh, think for all we know EA have finally decided to really support Bioware on the next Mass Effect and gone mm-hmm. Here's a ton of money. Get what you need. And they've gone, we really want to get not that the, big name involved. Uh, not the first you know? video Maybe game that he's um, been in either. Although the no, other game no. hasn't been released yet. He was he was in the um, Squadron 42 for Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of the stars yeah, Along with that. old Mark Hamill oh, in there as well, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Um, also, they did the whole Keith Sutherland to replace for Big Boss, didn't they, in Metal Gear 5? Just to uh, mm-hmm. draw up some support and get a bit more kind of... Mm. Yeah, we see big actors show up. in there. 
Who I'm trying to think, who was the guy who was in um, uh, The Call of Duty? The um, uh, Oh, yeah. We wrote The Man Who Should Not Be Made for the House of Cards. Spacey, Spacey was yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. When he, everyone was like, what? And then they had Kit Harrington in Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, Vin so Diesel, been... Arc 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go, family. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious, yeah. Yeah. Um, all the stuff you did say, though, makes a point to me, actually. They probably wouldn't do a Mass Effect movie because I think they just that would end up being a massive almost disservice because you couldn't have mm. that range of exploration yeah. into mm. the characters of like you know that you know you always have a team of six plus characters. If they did that in a movie, there's no way you could introduce all those characters, yeah. build a meaningful relationship, and then you almost can't throw them in without introducing those characters for the people that watch the movie that don't have the background of playing the games, like mm. Alan, for example. Mm. Think, so, think, think of think of the Mandalorian, for example, how they had that set yeah. up, you know, and you've got those kind of almost like the opening episode. Then you almost have like these different, like these episodes of the week. And and how he goes through that, he almost builds a squad, doesn't he? You know, he's like Cara Dune and, actually, and these other people and, and gets this team together. And it's almost like that's almost the way they could do it is and it is almost a very game format the way that, that they yeah. do the mandalorian as he kind of levels up and gets better armor and better weapons and things as he goes <laughs> yeah. through different episodes you know it's a it's a perfect kind of way that they could put um put a series like that i think Go on, Chris. it's actually a really good point you say that because i actually was looking at a conversation i was trying to find something in one of our conversation threads and me and you had a conversation about the series two of the mandalorian and i said it feels a bit quest givery mm. a lot of the time and and it totally does. And Mass Effect as a series would lend itself to that kind of scenario. You know, you you find you, you know you, you've been told to go because you think about Mass Effect One just as an example. You know, you, you, your first thing is you have the opening sequence where you obviously do what you do, and you end up on the Citadel, and you're told you need to, to to get evidence to support your claims. You go do that. That's one episode, right? You have to, and it ends with the the, the big revelation at the end of episode, episode one, which number is, you know, two. You spend the whole yeah. episode bouncing around a planet in the Mako. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what, how to control it. Like if I'm going forward, why is it going backwards? I don't know. It's like it's what it is. It's episode two is just one mountain and a near sheer cliff, and they're like, oh, I can yeah, get it's like, it's like, well, let's go around the mountain. Now let's just drive over it. Why? Because we can. <laughs> and then episode <laughs> six circles back around to the Mako, where you're stuck on an ice planet, and one of your wheels is broken off, and you're trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the whole quest givery part of it, Mass Effect would translate really well. So, like, like Craig said, assembling a squad and trying to find out what's going on, and you lead to the series finale where you know the revelations take. Well, yeah, I can just see like twelve episode arc, and episode eleven is on um, you know talking to I can't say the name without spoiler. Vigil, I say Vigil because Vigil's not really a spoiler. You're chatting to Vigil, and that's where it ends. And then episode twelve is the the finale where you end up having to face you know what you have to face, knowing mm. what you know. And then setting up a next season, for example, you could totally do that, and I think it'd work really well. But you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. I mean, I'm excited for the idea of it. I'm mm. don't want to be excited because I'm just worried I'll be disappointed. So you know, um, well, you know, again, it's. It, I think it's just a fun talking point, is at the end of the day. It, we've literally yeah. all we've got is somebody unblurred four <laughs> names from Mass Effect on a sheet of paper, but it's still yeah, fun to dream, isn't it? What if that guy's absolutely trolled us all? Yeah, and he just piped them in himself. Yeah, and on that bit of on that bit of paper that Henry Cable hold up, it had apples, bananas, yeah. orange juice, watermelon, my Tesco shopping two hamburgers at twelve o'clock. <laughs> it was yeah. actually it, it was his requirements as an actor. Like this is what you need to get me to keep me happy. Go do the shopping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Great stuff. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, you know, like I was saying, it's, it's something that's nice and fun to have a bit of a discussion about. And, and it, it, the chances are there may not even be something happen from it, but I think we're from your point, Phil saying about, 
you know, being potentially disappointed and then kind of rushing things and things not coming out right. Um, we're getting far too much of that in the games industry at the moment. And I think yeah. that's why we're kind of almost like on tender hooks whenever we think about something like that. And this this next story that we've got that we're going to talk about um, that Alan's going to introduce actually is is something going down. Well, not definitely, but it feels very much like it's going down the same route. And actually, sadly for Alan, one of his most anticipated games, I think you actually mentioned on a mm -hmm. podcast a few weeks ago. Um, so I thought it was really important that Alan kind of goes through this one. Do you want to take it away, Alan? Yeah, I mean, this this really stems from an article that uh, that came out um, at the beginning of this week in uh, The Gamer, written by a journalist called um, uh, Kirk McKeon. Um, and essentially it was titled, Techland is bleeding talent due to autocratic management, bad feedback and lack of direction. Um, and it's basically a a ascertaining that there is, a, there is a loss of developers and workers within Techland. Um, there are supposed to be, say, 10 um, employees, ex-employees, of Techland who are saying that the atmosphere that within working within the company is toxic. Um, a lot of this atmosphere is created by the CEO um, and his wife, who is the, the HR lady. So you can't even go and complain to HR to about it about him because it's his wife. And, and there's a lot of accusations being thrown about. And then the, on top of this, they're then saying, well, obviously this shows that Dying Light 2 is a complete mess. Everything's rubbish. It's not moving ahead. It's not going to be released on time. It's going to be a shambles. Oh, my God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everything's terrible. <laughs> um uh, and uh, and I've tried to do a bit of research into this, and this this isn't the first time this has kind of surfaced. There was another article, uh, I believe, in January of 2020, by a Polish game site called Polski Game Dev, which had some of the same accusations labelled at it. And to be perfectly frank, um, looking at all the information that I have at the moment, it really seems to be a case of he said, she said. So you've got these ten anonymous ex-employees making these claims and they appear to be the same employees that made these accusations in 2020 for that article and the same ones that are making the same accusations in this new article um, and they don't appear to have changed what they're saying which is fair enough i'm not saying whether they whether it's true or false uh, but it does have to be said from the other side of things um techland is pretty much standing firm and they're saying no, there is no problem. As far as we are concerned, we, we respect what these people are saying. We respect what the journalists are saying. But as far as we are concerned, there are no problems within our company. And these, these instances that you've mentioned, for the most part, seem to be from 10 years ago. And that, there, that, that we have already addressed many of these, but we're more than happy to discuss them. But there are no issues. And once again, there seems to be this constant thing about people saying that this is an indication that there are real issues with dying light to itself and i know that obviously there is a lot of reason to be concerned we had delays from cd project red um obviously for for cyberpunk and it was continuously delayed um and promises were made and there seems to be a lot of similarities when you look at like the the, the sort of 
the first glance at what these issues they're saying. And there are clearly issues sometimes in the industry with some of these companies with long term crunch and then the delays making that crunch into more of a permanent crunch, putting massive stress and pressure onto employees and, uh, and, and very derogatory and unfeeling management who are more interested in profits. These were, these were a lot of things that were labeled at CDPR and they seem to be the same thing that's being labeled at Techland here. And for the most part, they haven't risen to the bait yet, Techland. They seem to be just saying that, you know, the PR department is actually coming out and saying, no, there are no problems. There are no issues. We're happy to talk about it. And, and I kind of get this feeling, as I say, from what I've been able to grasp from most of the article and from what the other people have been talking about. Again, it really is a case of he said, he said, she said. They're all making this claim, but they don't seem to have anything really solid or concrete other than their own personal experiences to back it up. And they're not willing to go public. So they're anonymous, which gives them, you know, you know what anonymity gives to people. It gives them the opportunity to say whatever they like. Yeah. So it, it kind of it doesn't give them for me, in my mind, any more validity to their comments uh, unless there's any solid evidence. Mm -hmm. And as far as the state of the game, all the information that I have seen and that I'm getting from the Discord channels, from other influencers and commenters who are watching Dying Light 2's development, is that there are no problems mm -hmm. with the development at the moment. Yes, there were some expectations that they could deliver it a lot earlier than they could. And there were a lot of mechanical things that they thought they could do a lot easier and proved to be a lot more difficult. So in last year, they delayed it indefinitely. They didn't continuously delay it like CDPR did with Cyberpunk. They said, look, we don't know when we're going to have this ready, but we are working hard to get these problems and these things that are proved to be blockers in some of the technical side of things that we want to achieve with this game. So we're not going to give you another date because we don't know how long it's going to take. Mm. We're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to try to sort these issues out. And when we're ready to give you a date, when we've got more of an idea of what we can achieve and when we can achieve it, we will give you a date. But the, the, the progress is moving steadily along. It's continuing to move steadily along and yes there may be issues there are over 300 employees at Techland if 10 employees are unhappy or even 20 as some other articles said and that's clearly not a good thing but that is still a small percentage out of a massive company of people so uh, I'm, at the moment I'm kind of taking a step back and kind of saying, you know what, I'm not really getting anything solid or concrete here. Yeah, mm. I have an article. I have 10 people who are saying this. I have Teclan that are saying that. And everything from that, it's, it's hard to get anything that's actually solid or concrete. There's no messages. There's no emails yeah. saying you're a bunch of useless, you know, guys who can't develop anything and, you know, being abusive to the actual, you know, the guys who are working on the ground. So it, at the moment, it's, it is definitely a case of, rumor and uh, accusations yeah which yeah. aren't backed up by any solid evidence and from the other side everything seems like it's okay yeah. so it's kind of like who do you believe yeah i think mm. a lot of this you know potentially something like this would have come out maybe a couple of years ago on a, let's say a completely different project completely different game things like this and people would just kind of go oh yeah well you know mm, mm. could be something wrong who knows and get kind of brushed aside i think the big thing that's coming out of this is the fact that everyone has been so epically burnt or not everybody a lot of people have been epically yeah. burnt by cyberpunk and a lot of it kind of mirrors it very in a very very similar way lots of complaints lots yeah. of people talking about issues within development and people being shot down 
around with ideas, then big delays. And also, this is another game where they're delivering on a, on a huge promise, much like Cyberpunk did. Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. unfortunately, didn't deliver on what they didn't were promising. Deliver on that. No, <laughs> they still did a good game, in my opinion, but it wasn't anywhere yeah. near what they said it was going to be. And Dying Light 2, that, it puts me on edge because think, I'm thinking to myself, they, they really are really trying to push the envelope with this game and it's like it sounds tough and i mean the first game is fantastic you know it's a really great story it's a massive game beautifully designed world and still you go back to it i mean it's an early xbox one game you know aside from the you know the low frame right it's quite choppy and you know the motion blur and stuff what they managed to achieve on the base xbox one hardware is staggering you know when you're standing you've been playing it recently haven't you alan when you're standing out in a storm and the wind and the rains come past and the trees are flowing in the it looks stunning you know it's really amazing what they did um and i technically it's fantastic yeah yeah, i fired it up on pc today actually after looking at the trailer for Dialight 2 i thought actually i'm going to fire it up on pc because it's on a free play weekend with steam and actually playing that because when it is 60 frames without any all the motion blur and stuff it is i mean wow i mean it's a stunning looking game on pc it really it is It's the way to play it, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think that's very much that is that's why it's got all this traction. I think. I mean, Phil, you know, you you've obviously played Dying Light and stuff. I mean, are you worried yeah, about yeah. what's coming up here? What are your thoughts on the situation? So I have played the original Dying Light, but I didn't get as deeply into it as the rest of you guys did. Mm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of those kind of zombie survival games, uh, particularly not in that kind of first person layout. I prefer like the kind of World War Z third person style. Um, but yeah, I mean, like like you said, they're kind of making the same kind of noises as what was coming out of CD Projekt Red before Cyberpunk, and that does concern me. Mm. They have set themselves a monumental task list <laughs> to achieve for Dying Light 2, mm. and, uh, you know, particularly with the current climate, you know, they they can't get together in the building, they can't discuss things, they can't plan things. You know, updating and developing new game models you know, people are trying to work from home and then send it in, then somebody else is working on it. They don't have that kind of free thinking they would perhaps normally have as well outside of this kind of COVID-19 environment. So mm. I think the fact they've delayed it was probably a good thing. You know, we, like you said, I mean, of a studio of 300 people with 10 people having gripes, I mean, I guarantee if you went and looked at Bungie, I'm sure there's more than yeah. 10 people have got gripes <laughs> about the way that company's yeah. run. And I'm sure... Be any company. You know, <laughs> You know, you could go to like the Coalition or their new Quadruple A studio, and I bet you there's still ten people there. Go to the co-op, and there'd be ten people that aren't happy. Yeah, you go go, where I work. There's always people who aren't happy, but I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean they haven't got valid concerns. It's just, it's like, is there inherently a problem with the infrastructure and the management and the development and the pipeline, Mm. which is another thing's been labelled within Techland for the production of this game? And I, I, you know, if ten people are saying yes, but the other two hundred ninety are saying no, everything's fine. It's kind of like well who do you believe who, who's who's the person i, to... I me, think that's uh, really go on go on phil sorry i'll let you say, for me i think it depends on the 10 people now they've remained anom- anonymous but if it was yep. like the project lead uh the head of hr <laughs> and uh, you know perhaps uh wouldn't be the, the head board. of hr because she's married to the ceo <laughs> yeah. so that's that <laughs> her, her assistant yeah so let's go with that yeah. but you, you know i mean if there were like key people in yeah. the development of this you know there was like the story writer and the director and the, the character the head guy of the head of character development and then you know within the company there's somebody who's like high up in the hr department i'd be thinking mm, okay these are important people that are bringing this to light and they're not having their concerns dealt with yeah if it's 10 joe blogs who sit there developing you know doing like the reskinning of things and creating assets and things like that it's something that 
it sounds horrible to say that, but you can go out and get lots of other people to do it. And maybe their complaint is that they're not validated as much for the work they're doing or something. I can, again, you know, in so many big companies, you can feel like a cog in the machine. And a lot mm. of people don't like that feeling of being a cog in the machine. And that leads to these gripes. You know, you, like you said, you go to any company and there's already a cashier at spa that's got a grump about something. In your case, Craig, the uh, not wanting to move to the till with the chip and pin reader that's working. So you can use contactless or Pay. Yeah. <laughs> Won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so yeah, no, your face there. yeah, that's my boss. It, de- it depends on the 10 people. We don't know who they are. So yeah. what does this yeah. mean for the studio? Time will tell. Mm. Anything additional to add, Chris? Or? Well, I was going to say, I think I think a lot of it's been covered really thoroughly. Again, we've we all, we all of the agreement that, that if it's delayed for the right reasons to make the game better, fine. You know, and I think there's a real big thing here that and I'm not saying that that these aren't these aren't unnecessarily mutually exclusive. But we also have to look at the thing is like you can have HR issues and that not affect the quality of the game. Yeah, you know, the game can be completely separate to tempest, you know, really peeved employees who don't want to, who think they're being unfairly treated. It doesn't mean the game's in a state, you know, and, and repeatedly report because there are 10 uh, you know, angry employees, that means the game's a state because it's been delayed. That, that, that's, that's properly a causation versus correlation argument. You know, we don't know that those two things are related in any way, shape or form. You could produce a brilliant piece of work from a really crappy environment, you know. Um, uh, you know, on a slight tangent, that I, I remember just recently finding out about the production of aliens which is a phenomenal movie and all the riggers and crew people hated working on that movie because james cameron didn't want them having coffee breaks and tea breaks which they're union guys right they're entitled to these tea breaks and james cameron was like on their back about it and i was just like oh they hated it but yet aliens is crafted exquisitely because those people whilst they were unhappy cared about the work they put out now we don't know the ins and outs of this but it's very important that we understand that just because there are 10 angry people that doesn't mean it's got that that the, the game is in a state it does it, it i mean the, again as you said there's huge echoes of cdpr cyberpunk from this but just because it's happened over there doesn't mean it's happening over here and and so on and so forth there's so many unanswered questions that to draw the, the conclusion that dying light 2 is a massive technical failure and will never be delivered because they've indefinitely delayed it because they don't want to promise they'll get it out by x mm. date because they've realized they may be overshooting it a little bit mm-hmm. and with 10 people saying oh you know i'm not enjoying working on it it's like cool if you're not enjoying working on it go get another job you know like you're you're a talented developer if you're at die you know the studio making dying light you you're not useless there's got to be jobs out there well, that, that sounds very like blunt and matter of fact and it isn't just like that but you know what i mean it's like if you're so unhappy there, you have options, you know, it's, in, but I also get the feeling if, if, if you're the only 10 people to speak out, but 150 people are upset, they're just worried they're going to lose their source of income, which is the other potential problem you could have. I don't know, but I think you, you need to be very clear that just because there are 10 angry developers who are saying, you know, I'm not happy in my work, that if they're not happy, they're going to have every reason to, to slam the studio and say mm. bad things. Right. And I think that doesn't necessarily mean that dying light two is in trouble. Yeah. The proof will be in the pudding um, when Dying Light Two yeah, arrives. Yeah, that's it. I, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I was never a, mm. not a fa- not a fan of Dying Light One. I never played it; it didn't grab me. But I saw Dying Light Two advertised and that whole branching narrative stuff, and I went, "That sounds incredible! I'm really excited for that." And as you said, Craig, I think that when I first started, I was like, "That's hella ambitious. Mm. How the hell are they going to do that?" And and I think yeah, they've maybe bitten off more than they can chew. Yeah. But if they want to take their time and get that right, so we get this phenomenal release, that's yeah, the great. Point. But yeah. let's not yeah. tie the two together because they're not necessarily yeah. the same thing. Hopefully, they are just true. doing exactly what we all want them to do, which is yeah. go. It's not ready. We're not giving you a date. We're going to get yeah. it done, 
and then we'll tell you a date when we're confident Let's we can do it. Let's have the actual, exactly. the actual cyberpunk thing of it's ready when it's ready, exactly. not it's ready on this date yeah, and we'll force yeah. it out the door, whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I'd like and, and let's be honest, it, it, what makes better clickbait is dying light in <laughs> development hell rather yep. than dying lights progressing along nicely and we should be yeah. able to deliver it sometime yeah. in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like a Bethesda. I'd like a Bethesda. You know, we get to sort of, uh, you know, E3 and they do all their public events and they do all their bits in there and then we get tech, Techland up there and they go, so Dying Light 2, here's the demo. It's out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's done. As much as, as, much as Bethesda are a nightmare... As much as those are a nightmare, at least when they release it, they go, yeah, you're getting it like next week and this is what it is. And yeah, you're like, yeah. you don't have to have that, that six years of wait. And they show up and then they go, here it is. And they promise this mess and they just go, this is Fallout 76. It looks like this. Everyone went, that doesn't look very good. And they launched just like, it's not very good. <laughs> you know, we, there were no, no delusions of crap about it, you know. So we know where we stand. We didn't say it was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, we just said this is Fallout 76, right? And, and, and Cyberpunk's not wanting to dig and Cyberpunk more mm. but that thing of like it's ready when it's ready it, i am a firm believer if they'd have waited and delivered that promise and it was ready when it was ready that game would have been phenomenal mm. like no one would have had a throw stones in it but they rushed it out the door and so i'm all for dying like delaying but let's not say because 10 people are yeah. angry dying like two is in development hell and a mess yeah. in a mess that's that doesn't it, necessarily yeah. mean true. it might be it might be i'm not saying it's not mm. but we don't know I and mean, you can't draw that conclusion from that set of facts they just can't be drawn no no there's not, not enough information not yeah there's i mean you know game development is tough you know and you know particularly when making people are making these huge um ambitious projects you know the things it's difficult to deliver on a dream and a promise of what you're trying to do um you know often publishers get in the way and um it isn't just as cut and dry as the creative people have full control they have timelines they have deadlines they have budgets to run to um and you know potentially that's on our next topic topic it's something that happened with this game that notoriously came out to a pretty poor reception initially um and uh, plans to uh, change that and put right what was wrong in the first place maybe uh not not happening now so phil do you want to go through uh what's going on with this next title and uh we, we don't we need to keep it a little short on this one because we're running a little short on time so i will be short and sweet i'd like mm. to profess just because i discussed this i am happy and excited and sad at the same time yeah and you'll understand <laughs> yeah. why so That's what uh, she yes. said. <laughs> thanks alan Good to tell you back. Gonna keep that a secret. <laughs> uh, yes, Anthem. They are. They aren't going to fix it anymore. I'm afraid. Uh, they've. They've basically cited. So uh, you know, executive producer Chris Daly uh, has explained his decision to quit work on Anthem, uh, motivated by a mixture of the impact of COVID nineteen and a desire to focus on other Bioware projects. So and it's a big year. stinking pile of fill, and it's time to put it out of its misery. <laughs> yeah, they they've bitten off more than they can chew, and they realise that actually, you know, even if they fix it, it's not something going to pull in a load more money because it's not really a games for service, and there was no models to generate extra revenue. So actually, they were just flushing money down the toilet. I suspect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is the outcome of that. So yeah, um, they had a, a lovely road roadmap put out. It looked good. I was quite excited to try the new version of Anthem because let's be honest, I felt like Iron Man flying around in that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the actual gameplay, the the end game loop, the reward kind of, it's just, it wasn't yeah. there. Didn't exist. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of that, they've said they are going to focus on other Bioware projects, specifically naming Dragon Age and Mass Effect. 
And that is why I'm so excited <laughs> oh, about yeah. these news because you know what? More time, more monies, more talent into those two game franchises is the very much the right move for them. Yeah. And I don't know how true this is because we saw a tweet that could have been from Alan's brothers, sisters, mothers, daughter-in-law. But apparently the next Dragon Age game could have been a games as a service. And they've realized after the failure of mm. Anthem that it will now not be. Mm-hmm. So don't know 100% how true that is, especially after my foo par with uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and trusting <laughs> the power of Google. So, you know, I'm not going to take my, back myself into a corner on this one. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like certainly that is the best news I could have heard mm. for Dragon Age because I've played all of the Dragon Age games. I've enjoyed all of the Dragon Age games. I like Two. the franchise. I love the Grey Wardens. I love just mm. game. Apart from when they didn't have healing in Inquisition, that took me a little while to get around the mechanics of how to survive in that. But you know, you guys <laughs> a little game, level up tips, and I'm a, I'm there. I understand it now. It's all about building up your shield. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so yes, good news on Dragon Age front. That's got to be good news for Mass Effect. You know, what do you guys think, Chris? Let's go to you first. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been the biggest Dragon Age fan. Like, I think for me, the biggest hurdle was, was Dragon Age uh, Origins, where I came off Mass Effect and Dragon Age Origins had that old school RPG where you select text and it just plays out. Like, whereas I was used to that kind of contextual dialogue wheel from Mass Effect, which was so groundbreaking, you know, and it was a, it was a shame not to have it. And I missed the voice protagonist, which was something cool from Mass Effect, which it improved through the series, don't get me wrong. And I'm definitely more of a sci-fi nerd than a fantasy nerd. But getting on, off point, I'm sad. I'm so sad about Anthem because Anthem is such a wasted opportunity. Because the core of Anthem, its 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 gameplay mechanics and what it what it, it could have been, was spectacularly brilliant. What it was was a steaming pile of fill, um, but but not for the reasons of there was anything particularly wrong with Anthem. Just there was no support for Anthem. That's the more tragic thing here. Is EA were claiming they were going to have this big games as a service model like about four three four four years ago, and Anthem was their first big project of it. And what we got to see of, of, of EA's games as a service was what we mean is we're going to release this thing, promise you all this content, and deliver literally none of it. Mm. You know, and and I said as a big division player, right? Um, division launched, Division One launched with a horrible end game, and I've, I've said this before, and I'm, I'll never stay away from it. I enjoyed the Division One even when it wasn't particularly good, because as we know, it was a bit of a safe haven for me, but. You know, the, the end game of Division 1 was awful and there were some severe mechanical problems, but it got to patch 1.4 and I will never forget the state of the game stream where the, the dev sat down and went, and the, literally the first thing one of their community managers said was, we get it, the game's not fun. You know, we, we play, play this game, we know it isn't fun, so we're going to fix it. And if Anthem had done that, like, and been honest about it and done it and said, these are what we're going to do, and from where going, not had to spend a year in development hell because they launched it a year too early... We could have had a phenomenal game, I think, which is a real shame. I think there was a lot of potential in Anthem wasted, so I'm very sad. But I am very happy for Dragon Age fans, who, of which I have a couple of friends who are super fans of Dragon Age, who, as soon as they heard the rumblings of games as a service model from EA, everyone was worried about that. And I mean, I, even I was, as not even a big Dragon Age fan. I'm like, why would you do that to Dragon Age? It doesn't, you know, it's, it's square peg round hole, 100%. <laughs> you know, I don't get it. I do not get it. It, 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 it was a terrible idea. Thankfully, it appears to be gone. Mm. I am excited for new Mass Effect. If they've got more resources for it, great. I think it's it's only good news for fans of what of people for, of fans of Bioware and what Bioware are good at. I'm not saying they couldn't have produced a great game in Anthem, but you need to focus on what they're good at 
and keep doing what they're good at because when they do that and they deliver games like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, they're some of the greatest games I've ever played. Yeah. And we need more of that. We need that great, rich storytelling that Bioware are famous for. These these characters you want to spend time with. Yeah. So yeah, take take them off Anthem if that's what needs to be. I'm very very sad and I'm, ex- I'm exceptionally sad for the Anthem community, mm. which whilst it was very small, it was very very passionate. I I spent the last year or so just occasionally visiting the Anthem subreddit, and those people in there genuinely love that game, mm. and. I can kind of relate because when the division was in a state, it felt like that was going to go away, you know, and it was like, I don't want this to go away. I'm enjoying it too much. So I know how they feel. I'm very sad for those guys. Mm. It was a rally of support from all the other communities on, on Reddit as well for them in the last few weeks. So very sad to see it not happen, but there, it does lead to potentially greater things. So fingers crossed, but that's my, my few takes. I think with, uh, well, with Anthem very much, I think you're right in what you say, you know, it's it, by, by when need focusing on what they're good at. And actually, if you'd have taken all of the games of a service stuff away from Anthem, mm-hmm. taken on all the time it took to develop that and added the, that time into creating one of one of Bioware's epic stories, that game yeah. would be I'd be talking about that like I talk about Mass Effect, I think, because it was yeah. so fun when you went out with a couple of your buddies and you're just you're yeah. doing combos of attacks. The, that that gameplay loop, the initial combat gameplay loop was great fun. I loved standing at the back of the field, firing the huge cannon off the shoulder of my Colossus and then yes. charging through with a shield while um, I think it was Alan was the uh, the little speedy speedy suit yeah, yeah. With, like the knives yeah, yeah. going yeah. flying through everywhere and it was just so much fun but it got stale so quickly i had great yeah. fun through the demo and the actual full game didn't give me any more fun than the demo or beta or whatever mate, mate, the, the full game was a 60 quid demo let's face yeah, it. it was like, it you was. know yeah. i said it as a joke but it's so true you know so true percent. yeah yeah i mean you 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 played it alan as well didn't you i mean what's what's it's, your thought? it's another shining example of uh management getting involved mm. in the development of the game uh, their ideas of a game is how to make money, not produce a game that is entertaining and yeah. that people want to play. And, and the Anthem is yet another example of, of a serious misstep by the publisher rather than the, the developer controlling the strings and controlling how that game is developed yeah. and dictating uh, what the end product is. I, I applaud Bioware for trying something different. When I first heard Rockstar were going to be bringing out a table tennis game, I sat there in utter disbelief at how crazy the world is and what idiot (laughs) Rockstar came up with this absolutely (laughs) mental... And my God, it was good. It was the best table tennis game I've ever played, the only table tennis game I've ever played, (laughs) and I played it continuously for weeks because it was so much fun. Bioware are a talented studio. And you can see that in the design and the creation of the core systems of Anthem. As we've said many times, flying those javelins around was sheer joy. And as you said, I was kind of, I can't remember what it was called, a hunter class with a spin, mm-hmm. spinning around a high... Sp- there was Vanguard, like there was t- Colossus, yeah. Storm, Ranger. And- I just I just love flying flurry of blades flying around it was just so much fun yeah. and I, I have to say on the other side of that coin I've made it uh, I've said this before I hate absolutely loathe games as a service these days those games aren't for me anymore and I feel that it is so sad that so many publishers seem to think that they are an avenue to make money and they can put that template on so many other games and if they'd kind of forced that onto Dragon Age, I would have been so disappointed. 
That is a game that in no way, shape or form, as Ratley said, square peg, round hole. It doesn't mm. fit. That isn't the game mm. that Dragon Age is. Mm. So it would have been a huge disservice to the community, a huge disservice to that game as a whole. Yeah. So if it was true that they were going to do that, it's got yeah. to be nothing but good that Anthem mm. has been cancelled. Mm. And I'm sorry to the Anthem community, but like a mother that loves her very, very <laughs> ugly son, that <laughs> doesn't make Anthem any better. It was still an ugly little game because it didn't have any game <laughs> contained within it. Other than on, that very, on that very eloquent note there, I think we'll wrap it up. Because we're, yeah, we're starting, to, we're starting to run a bit over oh, on time brutal. now. But um, yeah, that was, I think... It, it, I think my final thought just on that situation really is that, you know, it, games as a service, as much as so many of them come out and so many of them fail, we will continue to see them when there's the likes of, you know, your destiny out there where they make $500 million a year off one game every year. Could I, this is going to happen. Yeah, could, I just want to drop in quickly. Um, you know, by the way, still responsible for Star Wars The Old Republic, which mm -hmm. is technically a games as a service because yeah. you have a yeah. monthly subscription for the upgrades. They have a cash shop <laughs> in there and that game does phenomenally well. Yeah. And I just forgot to mention, actually, that was the other game they mentioned in terms of what Bioware wanted to refocus yeah. yes. on was generating new content and DLC for that. Uh, so mm -hmm. actually, they have their games as a service. So yep. did Anthem need well, to be I think it? It's just, a just, just really quickly. Thing. Anyway, really quickly. Let's, yeah, really quickly <laughs> just to finish it off. Like I was going to say, Anthem didn't. Need I try to and do really quickly, but we never get yeah. there, do we? <laughs> Anthem didn't need to be a game of service. We said this square peg round hole. Anthem's game design was never a game of service. You can just tell that it was meant to be a story-driven campaign, yeah. and it, was, yeah. you know, rich story. You could tell that was where it wanted to go, but they were forced to. Uh, yeah, whatever. It's, yeah. it's shoehorned like but... the Avengers. Anyway, it's <laughs> right. It's dead. Yeah, let's bury it. <laughs> <laughs> right so so that brings us to the end of the news and sorry we've run a little bit over and it's a bit of a long episode this week however alan's back because alan's yeah, back you see it. it's worth it totally it's a special episode yeah. um I'm but special. we have we have oh, it's special <laughs> we have um back by popular demand obviously alan but also back by popular demand <laughs> uh we have the uh raise or bust quiz because it seemed to go down really well so you boys don't need a buzzer this week uh, and for people who didn't hear it what two three weeks ago when we did it i'll explain briefly the rules so effectively i have four lists um, and they have a total number on this list now what the team need to do is they take it in turns to guess how many um, the answers they can get from said list now if they guess say they can get five of those right the next person has to either raise if they can't raise and say they can get more they're bust and they're out now, now the caveat to that is the person who gets the highest bid then has to read them out if they get all of them they get two points if they fail the other two get one point each so it makes it quite interesting now people like this one i think because they get to play at home so are you boys ready no didn't think you would be <laughs> great maybe okay i don't think i can top the lord of the rings from last no, one mate. to be honest but... honestly I, I actually referenced that um last week i think when you were just yeah. i just stopped even put touch trying to count them down because you just went so quick and i didn't hear any of the names and you just knew them so fluently with all of their middle names and uh, it, i just yeah you know it's absolutely it was brilliant very very good <laughs> Also, you can talk an absolute tripe, and Craig still wouldn't have known any difference. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. I said last week, blobberin of dobberin, and I would have gone, yeah, fine. I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> We'd just Who's believe so? your Terrible. knowledge in the subject matter. Yeah. Right. So we are going to start this week 
with, um, I think we're going to start with Phil. He's going to guess first. Okay. So the first list is the <laughs> Destiny 1 enemy units, different types. So we've all played it and it is an older game. Some have played it more than others. Now I think Phil has probably got the edge on this one over the others. Um, that's not so they all have. Now there is 21 different enemy type units across the different races. So Phil, out of those 21, how many do you think you can name? It's for Destiny 1, mm -hmm. 21 enemy types. I'm going to start the ball with 10. 10. 10. I think I can name 10. Okay. Ratley, can you one. raise? Huh? I can get one. Like, so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> so bust from you then. <laughs> yep. Alan. Going around to you, do you reckon you can get more than 10 enemy types in Destiny 1? Let me think. How many hours have I spent on Destiny in the last two years? <laughs> uh, the same number that I can probably guess, which is a big fat zero. Oh, bust. no. Right. So now Go I was even going to try. I'm for two, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. Somebody should have tried to push Phil up a little bit there. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'd go for 11 and he'd say, Go for it. <laughs> When you said Phil had a bit of an upper hand, what I think he meant was Phil's got this in the bag as long as he doesn't overbid himself. Well, Phil's concerned right now as he might have overbid himself. Yeah, you guys have got yeah. to play tactical yep. with it as well, you see. So, right. Yep. Okay, then, Phil. So, it's over to you, my friend. Out of 21, you need to name me 10 different types. Go. So, we got... Let's go with Fallen first. So, we've got the Dregs. Dregs. Vandals. Vandals. Captains. Yeah. Shanks. Yeah. Servitors. Uh, and then the, the invisible fills. Um, uh, I'll come back to that in a sec. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. How about uh, we got thralls and yeah. the exploding ones, the cursed thralls. Yeah. Knights, wizards, uh, ogres. Nine. That's ten. Oh, cool. That's, nice. I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, well, ten. That's I'm going to say shriekers as well. And yeah. obviously, I didn't even go into the vex with the goblins. <laughs> and okay, and so you also you could have had um, the legionnaires, the uh, centurions, gladiators, scions, acolytes, um, the uh, where are we? Goblins, hobgoblins, minotaurs, hydras, harpies. Yeah. So there's yeah. I didn't even do anything. Cabal, granary, like brown, white. <laughs> Does anybody recognise any of those, or was that just Phil's Give him point? No, I, I, I recognised them like... when he's saying them. I recognised the yeah, thralls and all Phil that was goblin. Like the first two, the first two, and he got to Vandal, and I was like, "It's Vandal, not Jackal." Yeah, Jackal from Halo. I was like, "Yes, I couldn't even get one." I was like, "Yep, I got that so wrong." All right, okay, so that's, so that's a positive start lead from Phil. Then, so that's two points to Phil. Well done, mate. So, who knows? This could be your week, Phil. Could be your week. So, I'm determined question. Like, so, Destiny questions. It's definitely his week. <laughs> <laughs> so, list number two. Okay, so in this list, there is a total of thirteen that you can get, and it is GTA protagonists from GTA three onwards. Their names. So. I'm going to start with Alan. How many out of those 13 do you think you can get GTA protagonist names? Is it like their full name? Their full, I mean, I take, you know, if you can't remember the yeah, full yeah, surname yeah. and stuff, I can, you know. Um, I, I'm going to go for... Um, four. Four. 
Okay, good start. Right, so round to Ratley. Can you beat four, Razor Bust? Bust. Bust, you can't even name four. I don't play GTA, man. Oh, I've only really played GTA 5, and I didn't really think that much of it. I've forgotten literally everyone in it. I don't honestly know. Okay, this isn't Chris's week then. Sorry, mate. This is right. a stitch up is what this is. <laughs> Bill. So what did Alan bid for? Bill, if Alan bid for, can you, can you raise or bust? Uh, I'm going to go five. Five. Okay. I think I can do five. Any raise Tactical. on five, Alan? No, I'm going to let Phil go for that. Right, okay. Phil, you have right. You didn't see me roll my eyes for. there, right? Let me just do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so you have... Okay, um, go. so I need to bid five. So mm -hmm. let's go with the easy one. So Franklin Clinton, yeah. Trevor, Michael DeSanta. Yeah, that's three. Um, we just want the three, the main characters, don't we? We can't it's, use it's like prota the, the protagonists, yeah, the main characters. Okay, so then uh, was it Carl Johnson? From Carl San Andreas, Johnson. yeah, that's four. Yeah, um, and then there was Tommy from Vice City. Gamma the V. Do I need his surname? I know his name was Tommy. I did say you could have just names, didn't I? Tommy Vasetti. Yeah. Well, there Tommy was also Vassetti. wasn't it um, Tony? <clears throat> there was Tony from like the Liberty that's, City. That's you know the extra one, mate. You've done it. You've done it, mate. You missed. You missed Nico Bellic from number yeah. four, though. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you had other ones in that. there from yeah it's from the dlcs as well you could have had like yeah, you could, well claude from number three yeah. um like your nico yeah. bellic your johnny klebitz luis fernando lopez and yeah and actually had a bit yeah. of an outlier yeah. like huang lee from the chinatown wars as well was, uh, was of course oh, so, wow yeah. wow yeah, of course. Yeah. so four points to phil he's slaying it this week absolutely slaying it well done mate well done it just went with the ones i could remember <laughs> <laughs> I might have actually played. Right. Okay. Now, this one is a curveball. Okay. So, there are 14 in this list. Okay. Now, what? how many can you name of the current, of the standard packet, current Walker's Crisps flavour? <laughs> Out of 14. So, I'm going to go to Chris first. How many flavours can you name out of the 14 total that are currently available according to their website? Four. Four. Okay. So that's four from Chris. Right. Phil, raise or bust? That's an horrible face, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I don't want to I don't want to lose this week. So I want to take a guess, but I don't because I might lose. Raise or bust? Oh, I'll go five then. Go on. Five. five. Right. Alan, raise or bust on five? Well, unfortunately, I'm not. I, 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 sh I can't eat crisps anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have eaten quite a lot yeah. in my time, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, um, hence the heartache. Um, I'm going to go for six. Six from Alan. Right. Background to Chris. We have six. Are you going to raise or are you going to bust? I sadly I'm going to bust. I don't think I can do more bust. than six. Right. Okay. So there's a bust there. Phil, back to you, my friend. Are you going to raise on six? Have a sec. I'm need to push you, mate. I need to no. push you for an answer. Are you going to raise or are you going to bust? What was it? Six, he said, six, did he? Six, yeah. Raise or bust? You have to get to seven, Phil. That's what comes after six. <laughs> seven. I'll, all right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try for seven. Seven. Okay. Alan, are you going to push past seven or are you going to let him try and go for it? Or are you going to artificially nudge him up? 
artificially nudge him up. Wait to sway it, Craig. I could know seven You could players. do, but that's what I'm saying. Or you could be artificially nudging it up. Nudging it up. Are we going to go for eight, Alan? I'm going to push eight. 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 Oh, yes. Phil, are you going to push I, I, to nine? I don't think I can name nine, so I'm, I'm going to defer to Alan. You're going to go bust, I'm yeah? Gonna let him have a crack right. at one. Yeah, I don't think I can name nine. Okay, so out of 14, Alan is going to go for eight flavours of current Walker's Standard Crisps. So, go for it, my friend. Is there ever a time I need to bring it to the table? Okay. Um, <laughs> salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar, classic. Ready salted. Ready salted, classic. Cheese Same. and onion. Yep. Roast chicken. Roast chicken, yes. Four. Barbecue beef. Barbecue beef. Uh, I'm going bar to give you it. It's barbecue pulled pork. I'm going to give it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, prawn cocktail. Prawn cocktail, yeah. Classic. That's six. Worcester sauce. Seven. Tomato ketchup. No, you failed. No, mate. no tomato ketchup. It's not on the current list. I'm Does afraid. he not get another one? Does he not get another guess? Should we give him another guess? Going. Go on, yeah, keep going. Go on then. One more guess. I think you can do uh, it. Go on, Alan. I guess I can come up with another one. Um, uh, let me think. Um, piri piri chicken. No. It's Every crisp service has a piri piri no. chicken. No. One more guess, Alan. On one more list. guess. Go on. One more guess. Sweet and sweet, um, what was it? Um, sweet and sour onion. Sweet and sour? No, no. no. Sorry, mate. No. Oh no, you could have had beef and onion, marmite, beef and onion. smoky marmite? bacon. Yeah, smoky oh, bacon. I can't believe bacon. I forgot smoky bacon, pickled oh, onion, God. tomato ketchup. Pickled onion was on there. Yeah, spicy sriracha and what salt that? and what shake. Was what was that one before spicy sriracha? Tommy tomato ketchup. I said tomato. Oh, did you say to me? I said ketchup. My apologies. Sorry, I must have missed all this. Well done, Alan. What you won two points. What you like? I Come on, Alan. I got you back. Even I'm though I'm sorry, man. I got what you back. To, what are you trying to do, Craig? Give me a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? I've glanced through it. One, don't we? It's because I put Tommy K when I was writing it down. That's so why I just glanced <laughs> past it. <laughs> Yeah, I said ketchup. So yeah, you yeah. Did. Tomato, My apologies. I can't. I, can't I cannot believe I couldn't think of smoky bacon. Yeah, that was yeah. I'm that one. That's not got me. Cool. Nice one. Sorry about that, boys. I apologise. So right, it's not a problem. That is four points for Phil. Then no points for Ratley so far, and two points for Alan. So the next one, so the final one on the list, we have got a bit more back on topic. Now there is twenty-three possible on this list. Now this is. Microsoft first-party studios, including the Bethesda acquisitions. How many can you name? I said the best till last here. So we are going to start off with Alan. What is your first guess, Alan? Or your first, how many do you reckon you can guess, should I say? Four. Four from Alan. Strong start. Right, Ratley. It's dead air, Ratley. Come on, my man. I'm thinking, man. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, six. Six. Oh, he's bumping bump it up. Start. Phil, can you get higher than six? Raise or bust? I'm gonna go. I reckon I can name eight. Eight. I can name eight. Ooh, we're going up in twos here, Alan. 
Can you be I'm, 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 I'm busting out, baby. Busting out. Okay. Right. Busting out for Alan. So, Ratley, uh, can you get more than eight? There's 23 studios, remember? Yeah, so no, there isn't. I'm trying to think of them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's the real kicker, isn't yeah. it? It's hard oh. on the spot. Hard on the spot. Yeah. Sat down with 20 minutes it. and some paper. You could probably easily get them all. But when you put on the spot, it's tough. So, nine or bust or more, Ratley. What are you going to go for? Or do you reckon you can push Phil up? So I just thought of one more, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm right on that cusp of can I do this? I just want to be perfectly clear. If you bid higher, I'm still going to bid higher than you because I don't want to lose this week. <laughs> These are the only <laughs> ones I do well on, so. It's fighting talk from so Phil. What was the bid? The bid's eight, isn't it? It's eight. Eight. I could possibly go to nine. I genuinely think it's possibly yeah. nine. Do you do it nine then? Lock in at nine? Yeah, nine. Nine's locked in. Background to Phil. Can you get 10, my friend? Do you know what? I reckon I could do 12, actually. Off the top oh! of my head, I think I can do 12. Mate, He's I'm pulling gonna, another Phil. Remember last I'm going to bid 12. This. I think I can do 12. I'm 12 locked in, in mate. Phil, it's all yours, mate. It's all yours. Mate. I can't. All right. I can't where I can get higher. So, okay, right. I need to make a note. Don't go too fast. Right. 343. Three, 343, three. yes. Obviously, Bethesda Game Studios. Bethesda Game Studios. You drop that one in there. Yeah. Uh, the Coalition. Coalition. Then there was Compulsion that did that uh, We Happy Few. Yeah. That's yeah, that was the one I got. Uh, Double Fine with, because they did that Psychonauts game, didn't they? Yeah, fine. Uh, so the Initiative for the new one. Yeah, mm -hmm. six. Uh, then they got Machine Games in with Bethesda because of the Wolfenstein games. Seven. They got mm -hmm. uh, Ninja Theory with Hellblade. Eight. Obsidian. Nine. For the Fallout um, New Vegas. Playground Games for Forza Horizon. Ten. Uh, they got Rare as well with the Rare Replay Collection. That went in there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, uh, Zenimax Online. They were a studio, wasn't it? Just Zenimax or Zenimax yeah, Online, so I think. One, two, three, four, five, six, that's it. seven, well, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That is your twelve, mate. Well done, Phil. Oh, okay. So I was turn ten as well for Forza. Yeah. It, it's oh, software. Like, I completely game. forgot it. Yeah, it, it was it's software. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I didn't even say it. Isn't, isn't technically like, isn't there like Xbox Game Studios as well yeah. or something like Xbox Studios? Yeah. 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 I didn't yeah. even name the one that actually is named after the Xbox. <laughs> so you could have had. So oh, yeah, Minecraft. That one. So you've Mojang. got yeah. Mojang. Yeah. Yeah. Minecraft. Alpha Dog, Arcane, Arcane. Id Software, In Exile, Mojang, oh, Roundhouse yeah. Studios, Tango Gameworks, Undead Labs, World's Edge, and Xbox Game Studios. Oh, Undead for State of Decay. I should that have is such an impressive list of developers. That is, isn't, isn't it? it? That is, yeah. that is. And uh, that's, you can tell the way that uh, Phil's mind works because he was listing them off alphabetically then as well. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, do you know what I was doing? I was actually, I was picturing in my mind like my uh, my games collection of stuff that was installed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started so, off, I was like, Hey, what's the first one on the list? And that, listeners, is how Phil's brain works. Exactly. Alphabetical. <laughs> like it's a computer. <laughs> Obviously not that good, because I missed out like a bunch of stuff on like I in the middle, yeah. there, didn't I? And so, C, but... that is then, for this week, that's a zero pointer for Ratley, I'm afraid, mate. Poor, poor show this week, my friend. It happens, it happens. Yeah, it does happen, does happen. That's two points from Alan on his return, but a whopping six points for Phil. 
absolutely nailed it. Well done, yes. Phil. He is on the scoreboard. These so that... ones I can do because I don't have to panic when I'm yeah. doing them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that puts him in line with me, I believe. That is. Which so I'm that not is unhappy now. about. Yeah. So that is two points with Phil for the year. That is two points for Alan for the year and three points for Chris. So it is close. It's anyone's game. Yeah. And we are still oh, oh, plenty to go. Yeah, this is the good thing about it. I don't want it to be any, any one of us to run away with it because it becomes boring, right? As long as we can all stay within touching distance, it's, it's fun, yeah. right? Imagine if we got to like ep the, the 52nd episode of the year on the last episode and everybody was all level pegs. How amazing oh, would that be? It's the dream, right? <laughs> that would right? be amazing because maths would have been broken by that point. Yeah. But yeah, that would be amazing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I reckon if it starts to go a bit the wrong way, you can just do like a sudden death round or something like that yeah. where you get like a point for every thing you name on the list or something notice how i'm going with the naming of a list there so and, you can just get, and you can just get like 15 points to get you in contention like if i'm so mm. far behind because you only do like one list one every four weeks so, so basically it's it all combat of uh, quizzes yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> get over here phil wants list ones every week then you're saying phil yeah no. God, no. There's only so many lists I can store in my brain. I thought I did well with that Microsoft Studios, but... There's only so many of them. Yeah, that's impressive. No, that was great and Plus, stuff. you know, you're, at some point, you're going to have, like, a whole Aliens list, and I'm snookered with that one. <laughs> I try to steer away like... from most like that. But anyway, so that's it for this week. Uh, been absolutely fantastic. Um, it's been slightly longer, like I say, this week, but it's been worth it because Mr. Allen's been back. And obviously I was adjusting to having another bod in again because we got, got used to having just three of us for a little while. So it's been, it's been a lovely having you back, Mr. Allen. Um, I hope yeah, you all enjoyed that quiz. Well done, Phil. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we really appreciate your support and stuff. So if you could just remember to um, subscribe to the channel as well and just, just like as well would be great. Um, and also uh, follow us on Twitter would be fantastic. Just helps just kind of grow awareness of the show because again as we always say we love doing it and it's just great fun through lockdown uh, but it is nice to know we get more and more listeners and we are growing steadily but it'd be nice to get a few extra people on board but uh, that just tell leaves your friends. In, uh, yeah tell your friends yeah um <laughs> that leaves a, a bye from me a bye from ratley bye <laughs> a bye from alan hasta la vista baby and a bye from phil bye 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 bye, bye. bye.